Yeah. Um, I think there's no time to change. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have? Or it's too much work. Either one of those. Hello and welcome to another episode of Geek Chew, podcast where we chew over the geeky things that we love. I'm Eamon. And I'm Charlene. And our intro music is by my brother Ryan. And this week we watched a bunch of movies, four movies that we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, all of varying degrees of I don't know, awesomeness. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I mean, some of them were just okay. And yeah. some of them were really good. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say I didn't dislike any of them. Yeah. So well, they it's were pretty all, hard to they get were on all... our bad side. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like it's getting easier the more we experience things. Um, but these were all good or better. Yeah. Who's better? <laughs> <laughs> I said good or better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else did we do this week? Um, well, we got sunburned yesterday. We did get sunburned. We're, we're going to have to step up our sunscreen game if we're going to be kayaking more, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Because we really tried hard we did try hard it's slathered in sunscreen yeah and we need we need to switch the spray for the reapply yeah uh because it's hot out there but yeah we did go kayaking for the first time since we moved to florida and we went to rainbow springs which was amazing the water is so clear it's so beautiful like produces what 500 million almost 500 million gallons of water 450 per year yeah it's insane that's crazy it was definitely the clearest water I've ever seen. Me but. too. Um, I can't wait to go back and do it again. It was just a really fun day. Um, definitely some things to remember to do for next time. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, it was like a like a practice run, dry run. Yeah. Although it wasn't dry. But. <laughs> and Jake um, initially was not enthused and then ended up enjoying himself and having a good time once he could just stick his hands and feet in the water and let you do all the work. Right. That was a lot of fun for me. <laughs> but it was just us and Jake. Our other babies have gone on their first solo road trip, uh, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> it's very strange. Just but, to uh, see some family. Yeah. It's great. I'm totally okay with it. And the, uh, <laughs> I don't know. But what else did we do? We did just this morning start watching some of the Harley Quinn animated series, which there are two seasons out, but it's been up until this point only on the DC universe channel app, yeah, whatever it is. Uh, like I've gone back and forth about like whether or not that's something I want to pay for and well, ultimately I, always decided that I don't. Right. And I think that we don't have to now because it seems like everything is kind of moving over to HBO max. I should have maybe looked into it a little more of whether it's actually going away completely, but I think it might be it just doesn't seem like it really paid off in the way that they wanted it to dc universe right well i don't know i mean maybe there are people who are paying for dc universe that aren't paying for hbo max and now that they're just like extra revenue i guess maybe well i I mean i guess they'd be losing revenue from the people who already did both but yeah i I mean mean, i I had heard good things about this the series before we went to watch it finally came to hbo max 
and we're about five episodes in and it is it's really good it's entertaining it's funny it's a quote-unquote adult cartoon with um pretty comic book gory violence yeah and and bad language but really funny the premise is that it's kind of like i mean it's nothing like birds of prey as far as a plot line goes but the, it's this iteration of yeah, Harley the, Quinn. The driving force behind it is her separating herself from Joker and what that looks like. But I don't know. It's just it's super funny. And every Batman villain and character is basically in the show. And Bane is hilarious. He's like my favorite character so far, even though he's got this little bit part. But it's really funny how they play with the Bane character as portrayed by Tom Hardy and uh, in Dark Knight Rises. And it's just the voice is super funny and on right on point for like a a funny version of it and he's just really this insecure person doesn't think he's that tough and those are the parts that made me laugh the hardest while we were watching but yeah it was really funny i'm not um in general like a big harley quinn fan like she's just kind of um never been a character that i've like really wanted to to get into because of the trendiness you know i don't either i don't she's very popular i mean ever since her inception basically she was a her origins kind of weird because she was created for the batman animated series and her character grew from there because she was a popular and definitely in the last four or five years especially margot robbie's character in suicide squad and the birds of prey right but i i'm on board with you as far as never really caring one way or the other but right but this book that we just got that Jacob picked out at the comic store and obviously doesn't really want to read it. He was just attracted to the cover, I think in the title. So I read the book and I think you should read it. Uh, It was really, we can talk about it more, Um, but it's just, it's an interesting, I mean, it's an origin story, but it's fun and it just makes me a little more interested in the character. I don't blame him for being attracted to the cover of the book. Like the art's really fun. It's the art on the cover is by Mariko Tamaki who actually is the author of the story, right? She wrote the story and the inside art is by Steve Pugh, but yeah. So maybe we'll talk about that next time. Yeah. A lot of Harley Quinn uh, talk for self-proclaimed haters. Well, I'm not a hater. I just, (laughs) it just was always like, Oh, this, but um, she's a strong female character. So I think my aversion, I need to be a little bit more neutral, you know, about, or just um, objective in my like or dislike rather mm-hmm. than emotional because that's kind of a stupid way to to just be <laughs> be like Ugh, that's trendy so i'm gonna eliminate it from my my choice of viewing or reading because because of that that's just kind of dumb i'd make myself miss out on things potentially yeah, kind of in most people's nature to, to be like that about certain things that don't grab your attention though so i, I agree that you can be rewarded when you disregard the that instinct yeah. but i don't know what else do we do anything like um, really significant i don't know i mean we're caught up on perry mason so one more of those and then started a new season of survivor of course and i i don't think i've really done much it's been a busy week yeah i'm surprised we i mean four movies is a lot it is a lot we did two of them yesterday it's true they were short most of the movies we watched were, were pretty sure like an hour and a half yeah and maybe we should have, I don't know, listed the movies at the top so that people knew what we were going to talk about. doesn't really matter, it I guess. Mm-hmm. But I, we can jump right into the first one if you want. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. I guess the first one we're going to talk about is An American Pickle, the new Seth yeah. Rogen movie on HBO. Yeah, directed by Brandon Trost, 
starring Seth Rogen as Herschel and Ben Greenbaum. And based on a four-piece short story from The New Yorker by the guy who also wrote the screenplay, Simon Rich. Cool. Called, uh, it was called Sellout, but yeah, uh, obviously I, we haven't really, we don't really keep up with The New Yorker, so. It would have been really funny if you said based on a true story. <laughs> <laughs> the premise for this movie is absolutely ridiculous right. and i like i like th- how they blew over it like how they explained it and then just immediately moved on and it like became like not a thing right i mean they actually address how ridiculous it is in the movie uh-huh. which was maybe one of the funniest parts of the movie like i enjoyed watching the movie but i don't know it's kind of weird it wasn't like super funny or super dramatic or any of those things it was just enjoyable i, I thought that that part the news conference in the beginning of the movie was was really funny, though. Some of the expressions on the <laughs> reporters' faces, but... Yes. So, the premise is a man and his wife move from... Uh, Shlupsk. Shlupsk in somewhere in Europe. Yeah, I'm Europe. not sure what <laughs> um, and, Eastern Bloc that was supposed to be. And then um, they immigrate to America in... I don't know, like World War One times, like right after, right after World War One, yeah. I, I guess, and and then uh, the man gets a job in the pickle factor- factory. So Herschel gets a job at the pickle factory, falls into a vat of pickling brine, brine, <laughs> and the factory gets shut down. He gets covered up, and then a hundred years later is discovered. Right. When the um, strongest drone in the world flies into the vat and knocks the lid off. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. But it's just, um, you know, it, they just blow over that. Like, it's really a story about how, I mean, it's a story about family, and it's a story about religion. Yeah. And it's... Um, and like generational divide. Yeah. And it was it was good. It wasn't one that I would necessarily be like you. You have to watch this. Like we, the kids, we would be like, yeah, you need to watch this necessarily. Yeah, no. But it was. I, I enjoyed it, and I liked the story that it was trying to tell. Yeah, Seth Rogen, I thought did a good job with you know playing both parts, and every now and then I'd kind of have to remind myself that he was playing both parts and that he was on the screen at the same time, and how seamless that kind of looked, and then as opposed to like like they used to do in sitcoms in the late eighties or early nineties. But I'd be interested, I think, to listen to an interview with either the person who wrote it or Seth Rogen or maybe both of them. And just to hear them talk about maybe exactly what the movie meant to them. And cause it is, there's a lot of religious stuff in there and the difference between the the culture back then, even just as far as the things you would say or how you would act or definition of what a man is and what family means, all that stuff. Right. So I guess, the premise is also, or in addition to, after this man is discovered in the pickle brine, his only goal is to make enough money to have this billboard chopped down so he can honor his family, his dead wife, and and how they go about doing that and what that means to each of the characters. Yeah, and the whole middle part of the movie was was kind of weird. I, I didn't super enjoy the the conflict that was constructed between Herschel and Ben. Uh, like you said, while we were watching, it was like, who are, are we supposed to be rooting for somebody in particular here? Right. What, but, but I liked that about it. You know, I liked that there wasn't a good guy or a bad guy. It's that like people are flawed and how do they get through life together when you're family? Right. So ultimately 
that was what that was about, not like which one of them was right and which one of them is wrong. Yeah, I, I'm just not sure that I enjoyed that particular part of the movie as much as the lead in and the eventual resolution, I guess. But yeah, I mean, that was definitely fun. I definitely liked the pickle making, the yes. <laughs> like the first with all the, with the picnic bench and then the rain falling down. I mean, that was pretty dramatic and funny. I, I mean, ultimately, I liked the movie. I really yeah. did. Yeah, it was it was good. I, I would definitely, well, I don't know if I would definitely recommend it. I would, um, I would say maybe to certain people. Yes. I don't think it's for everyone. No. Um, but I I think it was good. How, how do you feel about Seth Rogen overall? For I like Seth Rogen. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he seems like, um, I don't know, like a, a, a good actor. He knows which parts to, to play for his acting and Yeah, I still haven't everything, seen Longshot. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. I liked it. I bet it was. It was fun. And there was some really funny stuff. Maybe we'll do that this week. Yeah. yeah. It must be streaming somewhere or we'll pay. It was on HBO, it. but it might not was be it? anymore. Yeah. Things come and go too quickly. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes things just stay. Forever. And you're like, I, I wish they would get rid of that. So that was one of the movies we watched last night. Right. Do you have anything else to say I about don't. that? I'm good too. Uh, uh, Guns Akimbo was, was the other movie we watched on Amazon Prime which was Daniel Radcliffe sporting an American accent. Right, which wasn't bad. I mean, it wasn't great. Sometimes it was like, sometimes it was apparent, but for the most part, I think he did a good job. And his his character's name was Miles. Mm -hmm. And then Samara Weaving played Nix, his nemesis? Yeah, maybe. I guess. Uh, At least a forced nemesis for part of the movie. Yeah, and she was in... Uh, Ready or Not, which right. I really liked, and I would like to watch made that us, again. Made us want to watch it again. Yeah, yeah, actually, maybe even today. And that was directed by Jason, uh, I want to say Lay, 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 probably. Uh, Lay Howden. Yeah. Lay. <laughs> I, I guess there was, you know, at the time this movie was coming out, did you read anything about the Mm-mm. Twitter controversy that was uh, brewing at the time where the company, I want to say it was Sabin Films, still put the movie out in theaters, which I didn't even know had happened. I thought it was maybe just a straight to Amazon Prime kind of deal. Wait, when was it out in theaters? Uh, according to the internet, around February 28th. So, so r- exactly. Well, that's not when, I mean, things didn't close, at least down here until March, right? No, right? I'm, I'm saying yeah. it came out in theaters and we had no idea, which is saying something because we, we watch a lot up. of movies. Yeah, well, Yeah, we typically keep up with those things. Apparently, he was involved in like a thing where he accused a lot of women and people of color, film critics, of bullying somebody that they didn't actually bully. Bullying somebody? Yeah, I wish I could remember exactly what had happened. There was somebody who had, I think maybe in some emails that had surfaced, somebody in the entertainment industry had email surfaced where they had used a you know racial epithet and some film critics brought attention to that. Which basically put her in a frame of mind where she was ready to commit suicide. She posted a bunch of videos talking about this. And it's not super relevant to our discussion, I don't think. I just thought it was interesting that there was all this side controversy for a movie that nobody's really even heard of. I don't think. Like, I haven't heard anybody talk right, about it. nobody's talking about it. Okay. Weird. I don't know what the resolution was. But the Saban Films decided to put it out and said they disagree with his postings on Twitter and 
they're disappointed in his actions, but a lot of people worked hard on the film and they were still going to put it out. And I, I didn't look at the box office gross, but it probably wasn't great. Yeah. So. I mean, um, yeah. So that's interesting. Um, I didn't know any of that, but now I kind of want to look into it and see. Um, but Jason Leigh Howden uh, is mostly a visual effects guy from what I understand. He has directed one other movie, but he worked on visual effects on the Avengers and also War for the Planet of the Apes, which were two really huge movies. Um, which maybe explains why I enjoyed this movie visually is, you know, that's yeah, kind of his background. Right? It's definitely got a, um, I don't know, we talked about it a little bit last night, but it's like quick cut kind of hyper stylized video game violence. Yeah. I mean, um, it also kind of remind, remind, reminded me of some of the scenes from Wanted with the yeah. quick cuts like this, then this. Then yeah, this, I meant to like, look, look up who directed Wanted and I, I forgot to. Oh, I so, thought that you did, and then I can't remember now either. Yeah, I guess I could Google it now while we discuss. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I liked this movie, and I can talk while you're Googling. It was really, you know, maybe a little bit of body horror yeah. or a lot of it, um, and it was just kind of like a crazy ride, right? Yeah. Like, the story was kind of dumb. Right. Uh, like, why, why this character, Miles, is like thrust into this situation because he's an asshole to internet trolls i mean I but so. he's also kind of a troll so like, yeah well exactly a troll he was i don't understand the the schism part of it is that a company or it's just um, a group of people that call themselves schism yeah i think it's it's a brand yeah and they have like and a they, huge internet following and they basically just pit people against each other in a fight to the death right and it you know, they get lots of views and that's the, that's the thing. And it's very sort of post-apocalyptic in that way where like this huge faction of people just kind of runs. Yeah. It is kind of post-apocalyptic in that specific way. Other than that, it's, it's, there's no like set time for where the, when the movie takes place. And also like the rest of the world is pretty normal as right. far as you can tell. And it's just, uh, I don't know, I guess a comment on like how terrible people can be, especially when they aren't directly affected by what's going on on the screen, whether that's watching two people try to kill each other or just posting comments and trolling people in the movie last night when Daniel Radcliffe is, or Miles is typing all this nasty stuff to trolling trolls, basically. Mm -hmm. I was like, I, I mean, I can't believe people actually spend their time doing that. Oh, they definitely do. It's crazy. People spend a lot of time doing that shit. It's so weird to me. So just yeah. real quick, we have no idea who directed this. Timur Bekmabetov. Bekmabetov? From Wanted? <laughs> yes, I don't know. Okay. Uh, Russian, Kazakh director, producer, screenwriter. So yeah, also just looking at this reminds me that that was a uh, Mark Millar uh, story. Wanted. Anyway, we're yeah. not talking about wanted. So. <laughs> no, we're not. But I just thought it was really visually exciting and just kind of like a fun adventure ride, but yeah. not something that was like super. Yeah, it's it's. I don't know. It's corny but different, yeah. and it's funny that you described it as body horror with, when he wakes up with the guns bolted to his hands because that's yeah. what I thought as well. But I've never really described much as body horror until we. Uh, talked about all the horror films a couple weeks ago. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, and there's a lot of like gross violence, but it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> I like the, uh, I mean, this isn't really the last thing I have to say about Guns Akimbo, I guess, but I like the bullet counter that they have on the screen. Yeah, I like a lot of that like sort of video game keeping track, like at the beginning before we're even really involved in this whole schism thing with like he gets bumped into and all of his Sonic coins fall out and it's really cool, (laughs) like the Sonic rings. Just fun things like that and how they are powered up essentially. you know, oh, Daniel, cocaine and stuff. Yeah. And it, I mean, just some really cool visual ideas that, um, yeah. And you did say it reminded you a little bit of Scott Pilgrim to it, specifically yeah. the video game style being mm-hmm. transferred to this movie screen. Yeah. I feel like, um, he, this director probably had a lot of, um, influences for, you know, making this film and, and what he wanted this film to be because it, you know, um, I don't usually, I, I do a lot when I'm reading a book and I can say like, oh, this person has read a whole lot of Tolstoy, you know, <laughs> like that kind of thing. Um, but watching a movie, I'm not super familiar yet with movies. And I'd like to get that way where I'm more um, able to to say, well, this really reminds me of this. And you can definitely tell that this was a direct influence of this. Um, I can do a little bit more of that than I ever could. But, um, you know, this one, it it seemed pretty obvious. Yeah. It's, uh, still hard for me to do that just cause I have terrible memory. You know, it's like, we've seen a ton of movies, but it's really hard for me to draw, to draw on those influences and compare things. Like I would really have to document my life, which I'm just not going to (laughs) do. I feel like, um, you're like really good. And so is Courtney after like seeing one movie and being able to like pull great lines that I can't do and I wish I could. And I'm like, oh, I kind of got it maybe like 40% right, but you know what I was referring to where you guys are like spot on and remember exactly, you know, even after seeing a movie once. So I feel like you could do it if you can do that. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe they're just different parts of our brains and we just can take what we get. Yeah. Um, I think there's no time to change. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have? Or it's too much work. Either one of those. Oh, I know I said that um, Samurai Weaving was in Ready or Not, but in case you didn't know, Daniel Radcliffe was in some movies. Um, mm. Harry Potter. Do tell. We've, we've watched a few of those. Yeah. I hope that he continues to make movies that are successful because I feel like he is a pretty good actor and he shouldn't be just pigeonholed as being Harry Potter forever. But Yeah, I want to see Swiss Army Man, which I know, we've yeah. been talking about for maybe three years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, just getting to actually be in the pull it up watch and watch it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be really good, but I think that someday. that should go in our movie jar. Also, I'm not so sure that his acting chops are really tested in that. Cause I'm pretty sure he's a corpse. Yeah. In the, okay. Well, I mean, maybe I still it's hard to see it. I think it's hard to play dead. I'm sure it is. <laughs> Everyone always continues to think I'm alive. Anyway. Um, that really is all I have to say. Yeah, about, me too. Yeah. I want to move on to Yes, God, Yes, which yeah. is a new movie this week. I had not heard of this. So it was an American Pickle, but yeah. yeah. Um, I hadn't heard of this film. And you had said, hey, let's watch this. And I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I watched the trailer on Apple Trailers and then heard it mentioned in a couple other podcasts that I listened to. And they had said it was it was good. And I was like, well, it did look good. So I might as well give it a shot. Yeah, I thought it was hilarious. So written and directed by Karen Maine, mm-hmm. you can tell that it's a very personal story. 
Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it seems like a lot of it is drawn straight from real life. And really it follows the, the main character played by Natalie Dyer, Natalia. Uh, yeah, Natalia. Natalia Dyer. Yeah. She plays uh, Alice. Yeah. The, she's the sister from Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. It was good. It was on another short movie. I mean, it's basically... A coming-of-age story. Yeah. For a teenage girl who goes to a Catholic school and decides to go on this Catholic retreat and her experience as she has her sexual awakening in the face of all these religious influences and people who are... Who are rumor mongers and just kind of assholes that we've seen since the beginning of time. Just people being shitty to each other. Yeah. And it really... judgy. And it really is just like kind of about the hypocrisy of of people who, especially people who kind of exert control over your life, whether it's adults or friends or how hard it is to find yourself in that kind of, to find who you are in that kind of environment. Right. And not feel terrible about yourself. Right. You know, I think, especially Catholicism, like I feel like a lot of times, you know, if you're not feeling guilty all the time, you're not being a good Catholic, right? Right. I don't know if maybe that's why my mom tries to make me feel bad about things in a loving way all the time, but <laughs> you know, who knows? Yeah. I, and you know, ultimately as, as the film goes on, I think it's also about the power of Experience, making your own decisions. Uh, yeah. And mm-hmm. being open-minded and yeah. allowing other experiences and influences, influences yeah. um, into your life. One of my, favorite scenes from the movie was the the bar scene where that was the best yeah uh which is you know without spoiling too much one of those outside influence kind of coming in and helping to make sense of helping you to make sense of your life and the direction that you want to go i mean it's kind of sad but like a lot of times you kind of have to just get lucky with that stuff in life like if you don't get exposed to another way of thinking early enough you're, you're kind of just out of luck yeah, right stuck and you um, don't know it right and or then, you don't care right um i mean she did make the decision to walk away from from this camp at least for a little while uh so some of that was choice but some of that was luck you know somebody intervened and i think that that's kind of like a, a big thing in life and becoming a good person an yeah. adult a well-informed and well-rounded human is like some of it is choice and some of it's luck. I, I am glad that you liked the movie At about 10, 15 minutes in. I was, I was a little worried. I was like, this is pretty good. It's very understated though. And sometimes, sometimes movies like overdo the awkwardness and it, and it is funny because of that, but the awkwardness is not like, it didn't give me any anxiety watching it, which when things do, it becomes very difficult <laughs> for me. <laughs> I get anxious and, um, feel nervous, but sometimes that's a good thing because that's the intent, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I thought it was just it was really well done. Yeah, I could watch this again, and I think that this is an important one for our kids to watch. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so too. As is the next movie we're going to talk about, <laughs> which Courtney already watched with us. Did Tegan watch it? No, with us? Courtney wasn't even here for most of it. Oh, so Tegan watched Tegan it with watched. us. Yeah. Okay. And Courtney came in and did see bits of it. Yeah. Um, we just need to sit down and watch it all again because I could watch this movie every day probably. <laughs> I mean, obviously I wouldn't because right. that's not me, but this movie's great and 
Are we to, done you talking want to, you about? Want to tell them what the movie we're talking about is. Are we done yeah, we can move about on from, from um, Yes God Yes. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh, one other side thing. Timothy Simons, Simmons, Simons, played Father Murphy. Hilarious. Very. You know, I mean, he wasn't super funny, but he was like he wasn't outwardly comedic um, on purpose. Uh, he was just, I think, yeah, a, I think a good choice a, for this role. A better idea of his. Uh, comedic stylings if you had watched veep with me which uh, he plays jonah this kind of fuck up entitled political person i don't know he's super funny in that i mean veep is just a funny show but he was he was good in this and i i think he fit the whole understated but yeah, funny funny uh, milieu yeah. of the movie whatever you want to yeah. call it yeah i did uh, the tone of the movie was understated but also just hilarious yeah. and very um True to life. Um, but yeah, so moving on to one of my favorite movies I think I've ever seen. Wow. I don't, I don't know. I, maybe I like Nazi movies. I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, Jojo Rabbit. I think what it is is I just like Taika Waititi movies. Yeah. Um, he's brilliant. Just brilliant. And um, he did he write this movie too? I think he... No, it was based on a Christine Lunin's book, Caging Skies. Okay. Um, which could be an interesting read. Because the movie seems like it's a it's a movie like conceit. Yeah, yeah. this movie is about a a little eleven year old boy named Jojo, and uh, he's so directed by Taika Waititi, who also plays Adolf Hitler. In case you're wondering, and um, starring Roman Griffin Davis, who plays Jojo, and um, uh, Thomasin McKenzie who plays Elsa, and Scarlett Johansson is in it as well as Jojo's mom and Sam Rockwell is um captain Klensendorf, i think it's his name. Um, <laughs> that's good enough yeah it's um great cast uh, also rebel wilson and alfie allen from game of thrones but this little boy he's 11 and he's a nazi and he goes i don't know he's going to like some nazi camp or school or something and his father is away and it's missing and uh, just he finds there's um a Jewish girl hiding in his walls. So in his attic, and it just tells this great story of this boy towards the end of the second world war. And, and um, also like a, a coming of age story and experiencing the world and other ways of thinking. And Scarlett Johansson as his mom is perfect. And that character is just a perfect character. And I feel like she did such an amazing job playing that character I don't know. What do you have to say? Uh, well, did you, I guess you didn't probably read any of the, the criticism of the movie. Cause I guess it wasn't super well received. Really? Yeah. Like some people thought it was really good, but, uh, and I only read a few reviews just to kind of see what other people had said about it because. What was some I, of the criticism? Well, that the movie kind of pulls its punches that it kind of takes the easy way out at the end that the Nazis are easy targets for an anti-hate satire as it's, I think maybe self-described that the character of Elsa, the teenage Jewish girl who's taken in by Jojo's mom and hidden Mm -hmm. in their walls is a character that's there just for Jojo to learn his lesson as opposed to like fully formed as her own character. I don't know that I don't see her as not fully formed. No, I, yeah, it's, but also the movie is, called jojo rabbit and it's about him right i mean it must be really hard to make a a movie 
like this. Oh yeah. I mean, just the, the line that you have to walk to keep the tonal balance of making a, a world war two movie about Nazis, you know, ostensibly really, I, I just, I, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I, I really enjoyed the movie. I thought they did a good job of showing how brutal and disgusting and, and how violent the Nazis were and also kind of contrasting that with the banality of evil, right? Yeah. Like that's a big part of the movie and the everyday nature of that horror doesn't make it any less terrifying for people who are affected by it day to day, even though it can decrease the tension in the film. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I thought when they did ratchet the tension up, it was you know palpable. Like the scene with the Gestapo when they come to search the house. Yeah. And, um, Stephen Merchant is kind of leading that group of um, SS through there as they kind of tear the place apart looking for any hidden Jews. Yeah. Or yeah. just, yeah, evidence of his mom's uh, proclivity for resistance or right. <laughs> however you want to, however you want to say it. Sometimes when I read a review that is like, this is, this was too easy. And if they really want to make a statement, they should be talking about the people who affect us today. And I'm just like, so you just wanted a different movie. Like, I don't. Yeah. I, that's, that's annoying. It is annoying. <laughs> um, I thought you would say that. It's, this is the movie that he wanted to make. The Taika Waititi wanted to make. It's the story he wanted to tell. And yes, it parallels things that are happening today. And so that probably has a lot to do with why he chose to make this movie and wanted to make this movie. But this is the movie. And I think that, to, to stop making things about that time. I don't know, just because there's other stuff going on now that we should be making about, that doesn't make sense to me. People need to, like, the crazy shit that they were teaching these children about, like, Jewish people, like, turning into bats. I mean, that's all true. It's, like, egregious and, like, gross and just, just like, crazy. And that's not happening right now. Like that's not like, it's not the same level of what happened during the Holocaust. I don't know how you can say making this movie is easy. It is too easy because what kind of fine line do you have to walk where the kid's hero is Adolf Hitler, who he has fully realized in his imagination and speaks to as if he's a human right there. And he has to play this character of the good guy in this kid's eyes when everyone in the world knows that this is like the baddest of all bad guys, like how hard must that be to write those lines and play that character? And for them, for someone to come and say that's too easy because you're trying to make a statement about the world today. I think they just wanted to to not see this movie. They wanted a different movie. Yeah. I think it's cool that he took the challenge on of basically it sounds like, because he's so sought after, obviously, after all his success with Marvel and Star Wars, and he kind of parlayed all that into making this movie and, you know, taking on that challenge. And I thought really doing it very well is, is awesome. I don't know. It's, and the movies, it was funny. It was funny and it was thoughtful and also terrible and emotional and very sad. I don't know. Yeah, it was it was good. It's on HBO. We would recommend it. Our dogs will not stay quiet, so it's probably time to wrap it up unless you have anything else. I don't think so. I, I'm. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So the little best friend, 
Um, Jeff's <laughs> little best friend, Yorkie. We can't end without mentioning him. Um, played by uh, an actor named Archie Yates. He's just sort of like the comic, a little comic relief, even though there's a lot of comedy in this movie. But like he says fun lines like, yeah, it's definitely not a good time to be a Nazi. And like talking about his uniform, Jojo's like, is it paper? And he says, well, it's paper-like. Mm. <laughs> like he won- runs away wearing like thin corrugated cardboard. Um, I don't know. That was a, that was a good character. Yeah. Um, and I liked the movie. And, and that's that. Okay. So we will uh, most likely be back next week with another episode. Click Clack. Yeah. Have you listened to Click Clack the Rattle Bag? No. It's like a, I think it's only like 14 minutes. It's a Neil Gaiman horror short on our Audible. It was made specifically for Audible. I want to say that I have not listened to it, but I may have. Oh, okay. And I will probably just go listen to it again since it's that short. Yeah. Okay. Well, that'll wrap it up. Anyway, (laughs) it was fun. It was smart. We liked it.